We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for February 8th, 2009. And today we're just going to be talking about a variety of different updates and current events, um, starting off with uh, some updates regarding the uh, homosexual uh, gay agenda. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Jehovah Witnesses, uh, ways that you can you can deal with a Jehovah Witness, uh, some of the things that they've got now regarding, uh, the tra- it's called the transgendered movement, um, just some things that, that would relate to the end time current events and, and uh, that we're living in, also some updates on the, on the Muslims and the Islamic movement as well. The first article is from um, the Battle Cry from Chick Publications, and it's entitled, Homosexual Journalist Admits the Gay Lifestyle is a Sewer. Okay, and this is a homosexual journalist admitting this. Okay, so this big movement and push that we see about how you know gays are—it's—it's it's all a good thing and these types of things and, and, and it's a healthy thing. Well, that's all a bunch of garbage, and uh, even the homosexuals will admit it. In the statistics, we're going to uh, cite some of the statistics so that you can see what type of um, fruit that this movement is bearing. This starts out by saying the pro-sodomite media would have us believe that all homosexuals are in a wonderful, long-term, committed relationship with only one other person. They are portrayed as just another kind of family, perfectly capable of raising children and making a valuable contribution to society. This is what they portray. And that's, uh, coincidentally enough, that's the motto for ABC Family. They have their own little station. And their motto is a new kind of family. It's a new kind of family. Now, according to the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word, there's only one kind of family, a man and a woman, you know, their children. But uh, He didn't make Adam and Steve, but Adam and Eve. Okay, but because we're moving into these, this end time, this, this uh, very uh, twisted morality that we're, we're continually being immersed in and moving into... These boundaries are now all being redrawn, and we've got all these different categories for families and things of this nature. And uh, doesn't make it right in the Lord Jesus Christ's eyes, though. It doesn't matter how man would want to re- try to redefine the family. And I mean, they've got you know on just on ABC Family, and I've talked about them in the past. You know, they they had that series called The Fallen, which was about a fallen angel uh, or the byproduct of a fallen angel, Nephilim which they refer to as a Nephilim on there. And if you want to know more about that, you just do a keyword search on my home box, on my home page. Just put in just the word fallen. Um, and uh, I believe it's Hollywood, or, or the word Hollywood. Hollywood um, paving the way for whatever, something to that regard. That's the title of the teaching. And, and I get into the fallen, and you can even hear some sound clips from it from the actual show, and we talk about that show Kyle XY, which is very, uh, it's grown in popularity since from the last time I talked about it. And what is Kyle XY about? Well, that's about a, a cloned um, boy or teenager, and he's cloned, made in a laboratory setting, and then there's this other girl that's also a clone, and they've got all these superpowers and things of this nature, and they're here to to ultimately help save humanity. Just like all the, the TV series now, they've got like heroes and these people. They've all got these extraordinary abilities. What? But you have to ask yourself, what is the essence of these extraordinary abilities? The essence of it is witchcraft. They have extra um, paranormal types of abilities that allow them to do these things. Now, some of them are supposedly genetically engineered this way. doesn't matter because they're still playing God. It's still an abomination in the sight of God. But see, there's... And then we have the star children, which I've talked about as well. Now, any of these subjects that I'm mentioning, you can do a keyword search on my homepage and hear a whole teaching on them. And the star children are supposedly being sent to the earth. They started arriving here, I don't know, 80s, 70s, or whatever. And they're being strategically positioned around the world in order to, again, help save humanity. What we're actually going to end up having in the end times is a lot of these people that are demonically oriented and uh, demonically gifted, I guess. They're going to be the same ones that come out 
with, you know, whatever powers that they possess from witchcraft, which is going to be the essence of the coming one world religion, because the Bible says that the Antichrist will cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he will be the speaker of dark sentences, things of this nature. Uh, the essence of the coming one world religion is going to be witchcraft. And there's going to be a lot of people emerging and that are emerging during this time that are going to be witchcraft practitioners that are going to help lead humanity into the practice of mass witchcraft. And all the religions are going to unite, like at the Tower of Babel. And we're going to have a one world religion. And the essence of that one world religion is going to be the new age and witchcraft. And it's going to be an amalgamation of, of all these different various and sundry religions. And they're all going to get on the same page. And there's going to be a lot of people that step to the forefront uh, like these, these people in a lot of these shows that are going to do that. And they're going to point to the false prophet and the Antichrist. Just like I believe Obama will most likely point to um, the Antichrist when he arises. And we've made a pretty good case that, that there's a good likelihood that this uh, Maitreya guy is that figure. And we're going to all know soon enough regarding that. But anyway, I'm sorry, I kind of got off track there. But going back to this article, these gay families are portrayed as uh, perfectly capable of raising children, making a valuable contribution to society. Probably the most vile example I've seen of this is the guy that uh, Oprah has had on uh, her show several times. I don't know, I think his name's Todd or something, I don't know. Anyway, he's married. Actually, it's not a he, it's a she. And she was actually a, at one time, like a beauty queen. They even have pictures of her. Okay? Pretty, pretty girl. And evidently started taking male hormones and, you know, got the necessary, uh, some of the necessary surgeries. But she left her female organs intact. So now, she looks like a total guy with a beard. Walking around, he's like an oriental guy, walking around with a beard, pregnant. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's been all over Oprah. And they keep, they keep what, what, is so, what is such an abomination is that they keep elevating this, this woman who looks like a guy. Because, see, it doesn't matter what type of surgery she gets or whatever she claims... God made her a woman, okay? God did it right the first time. The problem is, is she's demon-possessed of the toenails, and this gender reorientation is a byproduct or a fruit or proof of that, okay? This is, this is demonic when you're dealing with this subject. Totally, 100% demonic. You can go and look at Sodom and Gomorrah and say, yes, I think they might have had a demonic problem. God had to rain down fire and brimstone and kill every single person there, save you know, some of Lot's family. That's how bad it was. There's nothing that will defile a society like a sodomite homosexual movement. There is nothing. There's nothing that will so defile a society as that. And Sodom and Gomorrah is living proof of that. So yes, they've been parading this guy around on Oprah. And what? And I think, I don't know if he's... Uh, okay, he had the baby... I don't know if he's pregnant again or what. I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but that's neither here nor there. But it, it's, um, it's such an abomination. See, the devil is going to seek to pervert every single thing that the Word of God would hold sacred or a true Bible-believing Christian. He is seeking to defy, just like in Noah's day. Isn't that funny that Jesus says, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Well, that's the, where we're in. And in Noah's day, they were defiling everything. The Bible even talks about in Genesis 6 that their thoughts were only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he'd even made mankind. It was that bad. It's the same way today. It's, it's this, isn't this a grievous time to be living in? I'm just grieved all the time now anymore. I, and I understand, yes, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And, and that's true, okay? But it's, it's like what it talks about with Lot. Even though it's hard to understand how God viewed Lot as a righteous man, but it said the, that Lot vexed his righteous soul from day to day with the things that he was witnessing in Sodom and Gomorrah. That's the way it is, particularly if you live in America, and I know probably the UK 
in Australia, and there's a lot of places, I'm sure. But doesn't it just feel like that? Like you're just, you're just, you're just like, Lord, take me out of here. This is a grievous place to be. This is such an abomination. It's it's terrible. I mean, if if you're a born again Christian, the Holy Spirit that lives inside you and your reborn spirit, I mean, this is grievous to them. And so, it's kind of a natural byproduct um, regarding this thing. Uh, so. Going further, it says the British broadcast journalist Simon Fanchawi disagrees with this account of that the homosexual lifestyle is a wonderful, perfect family. Um, he himself is a homosexual. Okay, so now this guy has kind of a unique perspective because he is a homosexual. And he produced the documentary for the BBC called The Trouble with Gay Men. After reviewing some graphic stories of group encounters in a bathhouse, he asks, are we just swimming around in a sewer, which we are sort of saying is normal? His conclusion is the gay lifestyle is incompatible with happiness and fidelity in human relations. Yeah, and it's against the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. Period. Okay. Um, and then he goes on to say, this is, uh, this is because that promiscuity has become the norm. Now the Bible says, woe to them that call evil good and good evil. And that's what we're doing in today's day and age. And, and there's a lot of people, the Bible also says, woe unto them that reward evil for good. For evil shall not depart from their house. I believe that's Proverbs 17, verse 13. So woe unto them that reward evil for good, for evil shall not depart from their house. A lot of that goes on today, you know. A lot of people are rewarding evil for good. But then they bring a curse on themselves. Because you reap what you sow. Evil will not depart from your house if that's the way you live your life. You know, as a man, you know, it's, it's kind of like the golden rule. You know, do unto others as, as you would have done unto yourself. Well, that's biblical. So, if we go further, if promiscuity is the norm, why do we only hear of the committed relationships that deserve to be recognized with formal and legal marriage. It is because the sodomite lobby gained control of Hollywood and the news media and are denying the truth. Studies have shown that even small numbers of homosexuals who claim to be in a committed relationship have their own definition of monogamy. So it's like a rubber ruler. Okay, You can stretch it any way you want it. Homosexual researchers Marshall Kirk and Hunter Madsen found that the cheating ratio of married gay males, given enough time, approaches 100%. Boy, that's fidelity at its finest. Approaches 100% of gay married men. See, in God's eyes, they're not married. It really doesn't matter. Remember, something key about marriage. The Bible says, What God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Meaning, let not man put apart. Well, what if he didn't join them together? Is that a real is that a real recognized marriage in God's eyes? Is all I'm saying. You know, just because you have a marriage license from the state, does that mean that God recognizes that marriage? Now, I believe that would apply if a believer married an unbeliever as well. How how was that how was that recognized in God's? God would never. The Bible says, "Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers." So. And again, I don't want to go too, too far down that rabbit trail because then all kind of other questions start to pop up. Um, if you have questions about this, there's a man named Roy Branson that wrote uh, a book on um, marriage and um, divorce, a two-volume set. You can uh, do a keyword search, Roy Branson, just probably the word marriage. and That's probably the finest expose I've ever seen on the subject of marriage. I mean, it, it is... It, the first volume is biblically what you look for in a mate. Okay, biblically, so you are equally yoked. This is not a book condoning divorce and remarriage. But the second part of the volume deals with that subject because there's been a lot of people that have been totally ostracized from the church uh, because of the issue of divorce. And this is the best biblical explanation I have ever read. On that, and again, it's Roy Branson. Um, you probably just key in like the keyword search in your search engine, marriage. Do Roy Branson in um, quotes. I think he's a doctor, 
He's on my email list. He's a wonderful man. Uh, I believe he's a pastor. And, um, you know, get that book. Get, get that two-volume set if you have any questions. He's also got tapes and stuff like that. But uh, the, those tapes have, and that book has changed a lot of people's lives for the better. I've actually talked to people that that was the case. So anyway, if we go further, um, so this gay married couples, if they're given enough time, their uh, infidelity rate approaches 100%. So, I mean, these, these guys have the morals of an alley cat, and that's probably being nice. Many gay, gay lovers bowing to the inevitable agree to an open, quote, open relationship for which there are many sets of ground rules as there are couples. So again, they just kind of make it up as they go. In fact, another study concluded that 43% of male homosexuals, listen to this, 43%, according to this study, of male homosexuals have more than 500 lovers in their lifetime. 500? 43%? That's incomprehensible. You talk about a perversion fest. I, a person, I don't understand how another guy wants to be with another guy. It, it doesn't compute to me. I, I'm sorry. I just, it doesn't. I'm not saying I'm better. I'm, I just, it doesn't compute to me. And with these guys, it's 43%, 500 partners. And then a smaller percentage had over a thousand partners. A thousand. Now, you, you, you can only understand at that point why the uh, homosexual groups have such a high HIV rate. Um, when you have that many people having sex with one another, you have the ideal mechanism to spread a disease. Um, and that's what's going on there. So, And then it goes on to say, thus, the wonderful same-sex family image we are fed is largely a myth. I would say it's a bunch of garbage. Then he goes on to say, Fanchon's film includes statistics showing the deadly results of the homosexual lifestyle. In London alone, one of nine homosexual men were HIV positive, and new cases had doubled in the last five years. In the same period, syphilis had increased 616%. Now the Bible says, by their fruit you shall know them. You have to look at, at a... Um, the fruit of a particular movement of, or of a particular group or person, you're, you're going to know them by that fruit. Well, look at the fruit we're talking about here. goes on to say, other studies found that the average lifespan of a male homosexual is about 40 years old. Hmm. Wow. 40 years old. Now, in America, the average lifespan... For a man or a woman, I, you're probably around 76, 77. But the average lifespan of a homosexual is 40 years, with only 2% living to the age of 65. 2%! 2%! You're telling me God's judgment isn't on that particular group. The Bible has a very interesting quote in Proverbs where it says that the wicked will not live out half their days. Okay. Now, if you look, if you factor in the homosexual population into the average lifespan of, of an American, which let's say is 76 or 77, you factor in the homosexuals dying at 40, that probably would bump the average lifespan of a heterosexual male or woman to about 80. Because this, that, those statistics are, are already within. Now, think about that. If the average lifespan of the average heterosexual in America is about 80, minus the homosexual, and then you look at the homosexual, is about 40, they're living out half, just about almost exactly half the time as a normal heterosexual person is in America. And the Bible says the wicked shall not live out half their days. Well, praise the Lord Jesus Christ in His Word, right once again, Yeah, the wicked should not live out half their days. That's how it's, that's how it's put. So, um, and, and again, if you ever want to know where these verses are, and I, don't, and I don't cite a verse number, go up to Blue Letter Bible on the internet. This is how I find stuff all the time. People ask me a question, I'm not exactly sure where the verse is. I go up to Blue Letter Bible, um, 
and make sure it's the KJV because I think that's their standard search box. Go into the word search, key in either part of the verse or, or one or two, really two, at least two words of that verse, and it'll find it for you. You'll know exactly where it's at. Um, so, and another thing, if somebody wants to research a, a particular subject, like I get emails all the time, what do you have on this guy? What do you have on this guy? What, something that you can do, because my problem right now is this ministry has absolutely exploded. And I had uh, last month uh, approaching 38,000 downloads on Sermon Audio alone. That's not including what's going on with Google and YouTube, uh, the videos that other listeners are putting up there. Now, the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. Uh, but, <laughs> and that's true, and I praise the Lord for this ministry. It's just that I'm being, uh, it's pretty overwhelming what I'm, what I'm trying to deal with right now by myself. And, and as a result of that, I'm going to try to encourage people, if they need to research something, um, try, to, try to get on the internet and do it yourself. Um, not only that... There may come a day, it may be this week, when I get taken off. Who knows? If martial law goes down in America, and that could happen very quickly, financial collapse, avian flu outbreak, false flag nuclear event, uh, super volcano erupting, something of this nature. And I believe they're going to probably, at that point, try to rein in the Internet very quickly. Because they're only going to want their particular disinformation going out over the airwaves or over the internet, or over the papers and these types of things. And they're going to want to try to quell that, and they'll have an excuse to then, because of the whole martial law thing. Um, One thing you can do if you're researching a particular person like Benny Hinn, you can just go up there, key in Benny Hinn, and then the word either warning, or exposed, or you could add that on, and try different keyword searches and see what you come up with. Now, again, the best kind are when you can actually find articles where where they're referenced where it's actually referenced, he said it here, at this date, this time, this broadcast, or in this book, or whatever. That way you really have have the, the, the proof there. And you can kind of go up there and see the, the fruit of a lot of these different... Um, because there's so many ministries right now that, that are in total... Um, just out in the open apostasy. That There's no way I can keep up with it all. It's just like evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Second Timothy three thirteen. Well, that's the way it is. That in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. First Timothy four one. That's where we're at right now. It's it's the the wickedness and the evil are approaching such a fevered pitch. That I can't keep up with it all, literally, and um, and again, I do want to take time to thank any uh, everyone, um, the the people that that email me and thank me and and tell me they're praying for me, uh, that have donated into this ministry. I, I just praise the Lord Jesus Christ for you, and I, and I I pray the Lord bless you and keep you. Um, if by chance I don't get back to you, uh, please understand that it's just. It's getting to the point where I just can't answer everybody anymore, um, as I'm only one person, and I can kind of only do so much. But so anyway, uh, if we go further, so we have. It, I just thought that was an interesting point about the lifespan. And then, if we go a little bit further, one reason God calls homosexuality an abomination is the promiscuity aspect. This has been proven in the pattern of the spread of AIDS. When the disease first showed up in the homosexual community, the fear was that it would become a worldwide pandemic in the heterosexual community. 25 years later, the World Health Organization has declared that there will be no generalized epidemic of AIDS in the heterosexual population uh, outside of Africa. So it still stayed pretty much into the homosexual uh, groups because of the promiscuity aspect. And... um, that's that's one of the main, main reasons there. So what is so special about Africa? So let's look at that now. Okay. Africa has 33 million infected with HIV and second 
promiscuity is at the root of it. Some of the witch doctors even teach that the cure for AIDS is to have sex with as many women as possible. Um, so, th this is one of the reasons. And again, how this all started was, I believe it was in 1978, 79, when the uh, hepatitis B vaccine was given to uh, the gay male population in Chicago, New York, I believe in San Francisco. Told it was a Hep B vaccine. It was tainted with the AIDS virus, which is a what they call a retrovirus. Now, retrovirus would never occur in nature, naturally, ever. That's why it's so hard to get rid of. And the um, that uh, dentist, uh, his last name is Horowitz. He's he's done a whole expose on on AIDS, and he's got the actual documentation um, from the government to prove that they actually created it in a laboratory setting. Horowitz is um, is his name, his last name, and uh, you just key in Horowitz and the AIDS epidemic, you'll find it. In fact, all of, uh, most of the time, if I cite a video, you can go look, watch it on YouTube. You can key in Horowitz and uh, uh, on YouTube and watch all of it. The problem with this guy is that although he call although he says he's religious and whatever, he's into some seriously new age garbage. Okay, you got to be really careful of most of the ministries that are out there because a lot of these ministries you can gain truth, but you have got to be so careful of the leaven. And I get emails from people all the time. Yeah, well, you you cited this about this ministry, and they believe in this. And I, and I, I, I my reply typically is, listen, if I have to agree with every single thing a ministry represents, and and I cite them, I wouldn't be citing anybody. I wouldn't be citing any ministries. Because, number one, we're not all going to agree on the same points, period. It's just not going to happen. The Bible talks about that we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. So we're, we're never going to, um, in this lifetime, probably nail it all down and be the purveyor of all truth. And again, if you, if you think you are that, which a lot of ministries do, or I should say individuals a lot of times, they get into that. They get that big head, that pride, and what does pride do? It blinds you. They start to think, well, I'm hearing directly from God. Even though what they're supposedly hearing from God contradicts the word in like a hundred places, which is, which is typically what I see. Um, they keep thinking, well, I'm hearing from God, therefore I'm special, and I have the special revel revelation, and it's a revelation for the end times, and yeah, well, maybe it does contradict the word of God, but it's still me, and I'm hearing from God, and it's special. Now, if what you're hearing from God does not line up with the word of God, you're hearing from the devil, not God. And remember, a little leaven leaven at the whole lump. You could get 98% truth and have that 2% lie, and that's what could ultimately get you. Okay, a little leaven leaven at the whole lump. Rat poison is 98% good rat food and 2% poison. It's enough to kill the rat. Okay, it's, the, it's why we got to watch out for that. And again, the Bible says, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and then maketh flesh his arm, and his heart departeth from the Lord. We don't want to trust in man. It's Jeremiah 17.5. So we want to be careful, on guard. I tell people, don't, don't trust me. Check me out. Don't follow any man. Follow the word of God. Follow the King James Bible and his word. Okay? Um, so that's something that's very, very important regarding ministries that we we want to maybe check into. There's a lot that can be gleaned, okay? But what I try to do is distill it down. And, oh, I, I want to apologize, too. I put out an, an email yesterday, and it had the one article in there. It was a great article, and then the guy used the worst cuss word you could use right in the middle of the article, out of nowhere. And I saw it the first time I read it, but when I put it into the email, I had so much material in the email, I forgot to edit out that one thing. And it went out, and I'm like, oh. And I had a couple people email me, and I'm like, oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, that slipped by me. The I, I have about one or two slip by me. Maybe more than that. I don't know. One or two or three a year slip by me. Um, something like that. And I apologize. Uh, again, I'm, I'm only human. And um, pray for me. Uh, because I, I, I felt terrible. I would never put out something like that. Ever. 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 And uh, But... It was a good article on the states that are um, wanting to declare sovereignty in America. And it was a lot of documentation. I mean, a lot of hardcore, take you right to where the documentation is at. But the one, but this guy, he used this, you know, cuss word right in the middle of it all. And uh, 
People don't understand when they do that, they're just discrediting themselves. They're discrediting uh, what they stand for. You know, there's going to be a certain amount of people that see that and they're like, well, I'm done. That's all I need to see. And they're doing themselves such a disservice by using that type of, um, of language. Anyway, um, so if we go further with this article on the homosexuals, what can we do with soul winners? We need to get the fact, the rest of the facts out. The normal homosexual is not in a committed monogamous relationship as Hollywood and the sitcom TVs would have us believe. Even one of their own recognizes that it is a sewer of a lifestyle. One of the chapters in the new book, it's called Hot Topics, deals with the deception of homosexuality and how it is really about gaining access to children. Because, see, the thing is, is here's the deal with homosexual, the homosexual movement. Not all homosexuals are pedophiles, okay? But a disproportionate amount of pedophiles are homosexuals. Homosexuals are supposedly only 2 to 3% of the population. But yet, it's a proven fact that about 30 to 35% of all pedophiles have a homosexual bent to them. Why the disproportionate amount of homosexuals in the pedophile movement? Because you're dealing with demons and devils that are inhabiting these people. And those demons and devils are going to drive them to deeper depravity if they're permitted to stay in their bodies. Okay? And that's what usually happens. I mean, homosexual lifestyle is about the end of the line. The Bible talks about them being, them being turned over to a reprobate mind. I, you know, I've, I've seen testimonies of, of homosexuals getting saved, and, and, and I pray to God that that, that, is, that is genuine. But it's probably the most unlikely category of anyone to ever get saved. Because if you stay in sin, and you stay in sin, and you keep in sin, there's going to come a time where you're not going to have an opportunity to get saved anymore. God will not, the Spirit of God will not always strive with man forever. You don't just get saved when you want to get saved. The Spirit needs to be there to bear witness with your spirit. The Holy Spirit needs to be there to do the work of salvation. And you just don't get saved, wake up one day and say, well, bless God, I'm just going to get saved. I've lived a wicked life. And you, you need to, to you know, um, not to wait on that decision. And most of the time, with homosexuality being like the quintessential essence of the, of the largest depravity. And then if you get into homosexual pedophilia, there you go down even another notch. There's a very low likelihood. There's a very low likelihood of most people being saved anyway. I hate to say that, but the Bible does say, narrow is the way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it. Broad is the way which leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go thereat. Doesn't mean I think I'm Mr. Perfect or better. If I got what I deserved... I, Scott Johnson, would get death and hell. I am, I am the first to admit that. The first. If it were possible, I would take God's side against me, even after I've been saved. When Paul says, oh, what a wretch of a man that I am, who should deliver me from the body of this death, I can really relate to that. Does not give me a license to sin? Should I sin that grace may, be, may abound? No. But it does help you keep things into perspective. The Bible talks about if we say we have no sin, we are a liar, and the truth is not in us. Okay, so, but we do have an advocate, the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven, and through his shed blood, that pays our sin debt, our, our, the, the remission of sins, through the Lord Jesus Christ. So, this, this talks about, um, this goes on to end by saying that one of the chapters in the new book, the hot topics that they have at Chick, uh, deals with the deception of homosexuality and, and, the, and how it is really about gaining access to children. Which, you know, that, that, that is so incomprehensible. It's, you know, it's one thing if two homosexual guys want to be with one another, but when you start to involve children, but see, it's a proven fact that most homosexuals were sexually abused or molested by a same-sex partner at a very early age. What happens is, is the demons go into them. And unless the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, intervenes in that particular situation, they will grow up and do want to do the same thing. Because the same demons were imparted to them. Um, that's very sad. Particularly when it's done to a child. And these are things that we, as Christians, should be praying about. But it's something that, if you go to, I'm talking the typical church. And I'm not talking about internet ministries 
you know, particularly ones that, that, that I've worked with or anything like that. I'm, I'm not indicting them. I'm indicting the average typical church in America, the typical 501c3 corporation that's, you know, tickling the ears of their congregation. And these people aren't even aware of what to pray for. They live in sub, such a self-centered environment where the church tries to, to get us to be self-centered many times and focus on us and it's all about us and our happiness. And there's a lot of things that we should be praying about that we don't even know to pray about because we're never even taught on it. I mean, all these things I've done on Maitreya, these are things that, that we should actually be praying about. I understand that many of these things are inevitable from a biblical revelation, Daniel type of standpoint. But we are called to be salt and light and to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness, and have no fellowship with them. And he who is spiritual judgeth all things, and marking them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which we have learned in avoiding them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Romans 16, 17, and 18. These are all things that we need to be doing, but it's not really being done in the modern 501c3 corporate church, because they would lose their tax exemption, and it wouldn't be popular and they would lose their tithing base probably. Just got a lot of spoiled people in the, in the, uh, in the pseudo churches, particularly in America, for the most part. Uh, not everybody, but for, for the most part. And then they have the chick tracks called Doomtown and Sin City also teach God's view on the subject of homosexuality. Uh, people who do not know the Bible are being brainwashed by the media lies. If we share this book and plain enough of these tracts, we can open their eyes to the truth. Now, I'm going to go to this, ne the next article on this homosexual uh, subject. And that's entitled, Homosexual Marriage, What's the Big Deal? And again, this is by Chick. I, I like their articles because they really condense a lot of subjects that could be very broad down, and it makes it easy for me to do a teaching on it. And uh, this one starts out by saying, is the same-sex marriage simply allowing another kind of couple to have the same benefits enjoyed by the opposite sex couples? Unfortunately, it's not that simple. In God's social system, obedience creates benefits, sin causes problems. First of all, heterosexual couples don't need to have any help having children. Homo couples need opposite sex donors. That's just one, I mean, just could you imagine? If this was of God, why is it that they can't procreate? Why is it that they can't, as God said, be fruitful and multiply? Why can't they do that? Because it's not meant, it's not of God. It's, it's an abomination. It's against nature, as the Bible talks about. Totally against nature. Um... And if a doctor declines to help because of his faith, he might get sued for, quote, discrimination. It's coming to that, and it's already there in some places. If the homosexual couple decides to adopt, woe to any adoption agency that refuses to accommodate them. In Massachusetts, where same-sex marriages are legal, an adoption agency was told by the state that they must place children with homosexual couples who were married. You talk about I wouldn't want that blood on my hands. Can you imagine if you put knowingly put a child into a homosexual, you know, even out of fear of man? That do you know that that if that was the example for that child? And I hate to say this, but knowing that what we'd stated in the last article about one of the main reasons that um the homosexual movement is trying to so advance its agenda so that they can get it at children younger and younger, well, why do you think they're so obsessed about adopting kids? I'm just, try, I'm just doing the obvious math in my head. Think about that. I guarantee you that goes on. Now, I'm not saying that couldn't go on with a heterosexual couple, but statistically speaking, if the truth were known, huh, I don't think the truth would be very pretty. I mean, we already know that their lifestyle is a total sewer. That, that, that they, uh, their monogamy rate is, is um, or their infidelity rate is close to 100, even on married couples. That they die at the average age of 40. That, you know, 43% have over 500 partners in a lifetime, and another percentage has over 1,000. 
I, they, that, 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 um, I hate to say it, but that statistic would probably be a lot higher if they lived longer. Think about that. What if they lived to be 80? How many partners would they have then? It's so disgusting. Anyway, this goes on to say, um, after a lengthy battle, they decided they would quit the adoption business altogether. Now legitimate heterosexual couples in Massachusetts no longer can get an adoption uh, help from this particular agency because it was an agency that refused to, uh, I guess an adoption agency, let me just read that. In Massachusetts, same-sex marriages are legal. An adoption agency was told by the state that they must place children with homosexual couples who were married. After a lengthy battle, they decided they would quit the adoption business altogether. So they just said, we're going we're to quit. We can't win. We're going we're gonna to quit because we're not going to do this. At least they took that stand. Um, but now legitimate heterosexual couples in Massachusetts can no longer get an adoption from this agency. So it's one less agency they've got that, that you know. Two years ago, the Vatican banned Catholic agencies from placing children with homosexual couples. San Francisco City Council responded with a resolution condemning the church's teaching as hateful and discriminatory, showing ins- insensitivity and, and ignorance. Catholic leaders encountered with a suit that the resolution violated the Constitution's prohibition of government hostility toward religion. That case is currently before the Ninth Circuit Court. Now, it's a sad state of affairs that when you go to most abortion clinics, if there is any protesting going on, because I used to, when I had the time, I was going to these locally, and I would I would go into the parking lot right there and, and sit and pray against what was going on in there. And when I would go in, this one particular one that I would go to, there were um, there was always uh, a lot of times Catholics out there. But it's it's a sad state of affairs when you have people that are going straight to hell and are in bondage of this Catholic system out there on the side of righteousness. And you don't have the born-again Bible-believing Christians out there. And th- another thing that you would have to really guard yourself against if you were born-again Christian and you go out there, now yoking yourself up with the Catholics, because yes, we have common ground in that particular area, but I'm still very reluctant to um, yoke myself up with them because the Bible says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. They do not believe what the Bible says. They believe that you have to get saved by keeping the seven sacraments and going through all the rigmarole of the, that the Catholic system entails. So it's a catch-22 there with that. And they're the ones that are most aggressive about protesting you know, against this. It's just kind of an ironic, sad state of affairs regarding that. In the business world, a Christian photographer in New Mexico was fined for refusing to photograph a lesbian commitment ceremony. In Texas, a gardener was sued by a homosexual for refusing to do business with him. A printer in Canada was fined for refusing to print a job for a homosexual organization. Now, could you imagine if you went back 50 years ago in America? This wouldn't have even been an issue. You know? Wouldn't have been an issue. It wouldn't even be a point of debate. But because if you give, it's like that expression, if you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. Well, you've given the homosexual movement an inch, and now they're taking them out. The Islamic movement is very similar. They're very, very, um, I, I view them very similarly in the way that they act and the way that they behave themselves in public. And if they get to a point where there's enough of them and they have enough power, their, their, their true teeth will really start to show. Their fangs will start to show. Um, and, and I view them very similarly in that regard because of their own actions. So ministries are also under attack. In Canada, Christian Horizon, a ministry to the developmentally disabled, was fined 23000 for firing a female employee who was having an affair with another woman. No. Publishers Zonderfan and Thomas Nelson are currently being sued by homosexuals. He claims that the Bibles that they sell, which call homosexuality a sin, have caused him emotional pain and mental instability. Oh, I wonder what path that's going down. If you want to know more about that, about the hate crime laws that are, that are to a certain extent, here and coming, um, and particularly they're, they're more prevalent in uh, Canada, in these types of places, 
just key in the word hate in my search box on my homepage, and uh, you'll see all the, all the teachings I've done on this subject of hate crimes. But isn't this ironic? Zondervan and Thomas Nelson are currently being sued by a homosexual. Zondervan. Zondervan, whose parent company is HarperCollins. HarperCollins publishes the Satanic Bible in all kinds of gay how-to manuals. That's who owns Zondervan. You think those Bibles might be a little bit tainted? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, you can bring a cursed object into your house. I wouldn't have them. I would not have a Bible published by Zondervan. Thomas Nelson's not too far behind. I hate to say that, but they're, they're really not. I've done studies on these. Um, I've done one on the NIV, where, where it talked about that. Just key in NIV in the search box on my homepage, and I talk about this, this documentation. Um... Regarding this, um, the homosexual Zondervan's just a, a vile, vile company. Rupert Murdoch is the one that owns HarperCollins, which owns Zondervan. Rupert Murdoch is considered by the international press as the great Satan. He is a um, purveyor of pornography and all types of, of evil stuff. One of the richest men on earth owns all type of media outlets. One of the wickedest men that have ever lived, probably. He is also, coincidentally enough, a member of Rick Warren's Saddleback Church. And I've done a whole teaching on that, too. Just key in either Rick Warren or Rupert Murdoch in the search box on the homepage. And uh, we'll give you the lowdown on that. Uh, Rick Warren's doing a really good job of policing his uh, uh, Rupert Murdoch, his member. I mean, he's you know doing a good, good job of rebuking him for, for the blatant... Uh, defiling of humanity. Of course, Rick Warren really doesn't have a whole lot of room to, to talk because he's doing the exact same thing. He's just doing it a little more subtly. And Satan, as the su- most subtle beast of the field, as a serpent, you know, he is of his father the devil and of his works he will do. That's what Rick Warren's doing. He's of his father the devil. Evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. He's a hireling that has no true love for the sheep. He's proving all of that. His fruit is evident. And again, just key in Rick, just the word Rick in my search box, and you'll find it, all the things about him. So, um, see, and I've done one on hate crimes uh, will eventually end up banning the word of God. And this is the beginning of this. Particularly now with the abomination in office as president. Because now that he's in office, he is, is the most radically pro-homosexual pro-sodomite, pro-abortion president we've ever seen. His Senate voting record clearly indicates that. And um, all these things that have happened in other parts of the world that were kind of um, delayed with Bush in office, now they're coming to us. So, um, the Bible talks about being sober, be vigilant for your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Well, that's where we're, we're the times that we're really going into now. And um, uh, these hate crime laws are going to most likely become reality. Again, these are things we should be praying about. I don't think just sitting back and, and you know, wrenching our hands and worrying about it is, is, the, is the solution. We, you, you pray about it in these types of things. Um, but if we don't know to pray about it, then it's kind of tough. And the problem is, is people, Christians, um, aren't really being warned regarding these issues. This goes on to say, Pastor Harry Jackson of Hope Christian Church in College Park, Maryland, sees a move by homosexuals to pressure all Christian churches to, quote, change the foundational beliefs and ordain openly gay ministers Presbyterians, Lutherans, and Anglicans have already given in and ordained homosexuals, causing a major rift in the denominations. Well, you have your biblical qualifications for a pastor. I've done a whole study on this. And I believe it was within the what can women do for the Lord teaching. When you started to openly ordain women in the pulpit, there's no biblical justification for that. And I'm not being chauvinistic, I'm being biblical. Um, the pastor must be the husband of one wife. Okay, It's not the other way around. Or a bishop, or a deacon, or a spiritual overseer, whatever you want to define that term as, 
And I defined that, and I laid the whole thing out for you in that particular teaching, what women can do for the Lord. And pastor's not one of them. Now, because you've given the, the devil an inch, now he's going to take a mile. Now we're going to have openly uh, ordained gay men, lesbians, and now they've went so far, and they did this, I've reported on this a while back, where they've got transgendered, um, or total pure sex changes going on, you know, hey, you know, it's it's um, Pastor uh, Phillips, and it comes back, he's still, uh, it's Pastor Phillips, but now it's a woman. He had a sex change. I just read about one the other day, another one. I don't know. I, I feel like the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ truly is long-suffering. And the Bible talks about that the sins have reached into heaven. And, and I can't imagine, you know, you have all these babies that are, that are being mutilated through abortions. Particularly since the 1900s. It, it started to a certain point then. Um, and what we have today, all of the innocent blood that has been spilled in this land. God has to judge wickedness. It has to happen. Okay? And, uh, and that's why you have to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and separate yourself from all this that we're talking about here and take a stand against it. Uh, so then their next goal is evangelicals. Be prepared for things to get rough, says Jackson. I don't, I don't call myself an evangelical. Okay? I, don't call, I call myself a born-again, Bible-believing Christian. And I believe the King James Bible is the Word of God. I don't call myself an evangelical or a or a Protestant or a Lutheran or a Methodist. I don't I don't see the the um, the biblical precedent for for um, the for the denominational system. Okay, I'm not saying all denominations are of God or are of the devil. I'm just saying that that's what I call myself. Okay. Um, but he's saying the next goal is evangelicals, be prepared for things to get rough, says Jackson. His church, along with T.D. Fakes, I mean Jake's, and then Potter's House and Joel Osteen, Lakewood's church, Willow Creek, which is uh, Willow Creek and Saddleback, Willow Creek being the, one of the largest, or if not the largest church there is, I believe that's in Chicago, uh, Saddleback, Rick Warren's church, have all been visited by the radical homosexual activist Soul Force, and, quote, equality riders. So far, the dialogue and the visits have been civil, but these groups have demonstrated a willingness to even be arrested for their disruptive behavior. Recently, they've had gays breaking into some churches. This happened up in Michigan, and taking over the service and trashing all kinds of... It's funny, you know, they don't get in trouble for doing this stuff. It's like the gays can do whatever they want, because the cops are even afraid of them, because they're afraid they're going to be accused of being... um, you know, discriminatory toward toward a particular whatever. See, see what would happen if a bunch of Christians went in and tried that. You know, they'd be taken to jail. Probably the gays would probably try to kill them anyway. But, you know, the thing is, is I really believe we're coming to a time where um, I really believe that the Lord is going to use His true remnant, His true Bible-believing remnant, Against wickedness. I really believe that. I don't think we're supposed to turn tail and run when these types of things happen or cower in a corner. You know, the Bible says when you've done all you can do, stand, having your loins girt about with truth, taking up the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You know, breastplate of righteousness, loins girded with truth, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. How did Jesus deal with the devil? He quoted scripture. In the desert. That's all he did. Quoted scripture. And then he said, the Lord rebuked thee. How did Michael? Con- how did the archangel Michael contend with Satan over the body of Moses? He said, the Lord... He didn't bring a railing accusation against him, it said. Believe in Jude. So, but he said, the Lord rebuked thee. I would say the Lord Jesus Christ rebuked them. We're, we're coming into a time where you're going to be confronted with evil on every side. And you're not going to have the, I, I don't think, I think you're going to have to stand your ground. Remember, the armor that we have, according to Ephesians 6, is all in the front. If you turn your back, there's no armor there. There's no armor. But there's armor in the front. You stand. 
you quote scripture. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. Here's another thing I've been reading about a lot lately. More and more and more. You, have you heard of these black-eyed, they're called black-eyed beings, or kids? More and more and more, they're being cited all over the world. Now, I'm not saying this is something that's an isolated event that happened one time. I'm telling you, more and more and more prevalently, they're citing these things. And they're, typically what will happen is sometime between dusk or after dark, you'll get a knock on the door, or if you're in, or if you're in your car, they'll knock on your window. And these kids, they'll be kids, and they'll be very aggressively trying to either get into your car or into your house. But you have to give them permission. And they'll give you every excuse in the world, like, oh, I, I need a, um, I'm lost, and I need to call my mom and dad. or, or um, They'll give you every excuse in the book to try to get in your house. Here's the deal, though. Their eyes are totally black every single time that these happen, these kids show up. Their eyes are totally black. And supposedly the fear that comes over the people that see these things is so great, there's no way they, they open the door. Now, there's no accounts of anybody opening the door because they believe that anybody that has opened the door to these things are basically dead. Now, as a Christian, what if this type of stuff starts to be commonplace? I mean, hey... If, if, if the devil is going to come back with all lying signs and wonders and miracles, and that's the chief way he's going to deceive the world, and he has an army of different people, he, look, look at all the people he's got on his side. He's got the highest level politicians. He's got the Illuminati. He's got all the people at the heads of all their respective religions, and, and then they influence all their people. He's got the homosexual, rabid homosexual, sodomite, transgendered, lesbian movement on his side. He's got the star children. He's got the new agers. He's got the Wiccans. He's got the witches. He's got this army. You got all the kids that have been involved in Harry Potter. We're kind of outnumbered. But you, you know what? So was Gideon's army. God liked it that way. He liked it that way. I just really believe we're coming into a time where we're going to have to, we're going to have to deal with this type of stuff. But you know something? I've dealt with this stuff in the past. I've dealt with voodoo high priest witch doctors, and I mean this literally, and I'm talking death curses put against me. I believe I had the angel of death at the foot of my bed trying to take me out. I saw the thing, and I've never seen anything like that before or since. I've seen a lot of stuff. And you know what? I've won every time because I've totally trusted the Lord Jesus Christ or called upon his name. And you would the, the power of his name is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. But you have to have the faith to believe that that is the case. Because if you have no faith, without in faith it is impossible to please God. You can't move a mountain. You can't, you can't speak unto this mountain and say, Be thou removed and cast it in the midst of the sea. It says if you have even the, the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you can do that. But if you have no faith that that can be the case, then it will not work. So, this is something that you can pray about. Now, how do you build faith? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Well, I'm, I'm, um, I'm hearing the word of God. I got my NIV Bible on 24-7. Well, no, you're not hearing the word. You're hearing a perversion. You're hearing a word of God that's been leavened. Listen to the King James Bible. Have it playing in your house 24-7. This is the day and time we're going into. See, right now, up until this point, it's all been like a little... I don't think any of us quite has a clue of what's coming. Any, anybody, what's coming. I'm almost, part of me is almost looking forward to it because it's almost like, let's get over all this, this, this deception and lies and pity patter stuff because it's going to come a time where it's much more divided between absolute outright good and evil. I would rather it be that way personally. I'm just sick of I'm sick of the of the whole um, you know people fleeing and, and, and the way Hollywood portrays evil and it always overcomes good and you know all the horror movies that they have it always wins over or then they have the good and the white witchcraft that that garbage as well. There's going to come a day and I believe it's very soon when the Lord does raise up like a Gideon's army and. Um, you know, a thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. 
That's what I'm looking forward to. You know why? Not because I can get glory, but because the Lord Jesus Christ could get glory. See, if, if, here's the, here's the essence of why I'm saying all this. If evil is always portrayed as winning, like it is in Hollywood, and on the media, and on TV, or they'll call things that are actually evil good, like Lord Maitreya, devil betray a guy, oh no, he's actually God, or whatever. If evil is always portrayed as good, and evil is always portrayed as winning over true good, and the Bible-believing Christians are always portrayed as weak and, and, and um, helpless, and God is portrayed as not being real, and the God that we think of, the God in the Bible, isn't really real, if all of that continues to happen, how is anybody going to get saved? How is, any, how is um, the Lord's name going to be glorified through that? See, I want the Lord's Jesus Christ's name to be glorified. How, how does that typically happen? Through judgment? Through God's judgment? That's when he got, actually gets people's attention. Through his judgment. Read Psalm 64. I've done a whole teaching on Psalm 64 and imprecatory prayers. Hear my voice, O Lord, my God. You know, hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. You're asking God to hide you from these things. And then it goes on to say, but God regarding the workers of iniquity, shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded, so they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away, and all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of His doing. They're going to consider of His doing. That's what we need to have. We need to have the world considering God's doing. Because the way it stands right now in America, there's not a whole lot of reason that anybody would want to get saved. You know, they've lived like the devil, they've got away with it, there's hardly any churches you could go to to really get saved, or truly get the truth. I mean, they're going to feed you, most of, the, most of the time you're going to get a lot of tickle your ears stuff. I'm not saying there's no church you could go to get saved, but are they preparing their congregations for what's coming? Oh no, bless God, no, everything's going to be fine. I don't know, I, I just... The Bible talks about being a good soldier. Talks about standing, being salt and light, reproving the works of, of darkness, having no fellowship with them. These types of things. I don't know. I, it's like every day, more and more, I just feel like, you know, let's get on with this. The, the, the wickedness is so great right now. It's so grievous. Um... I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll see. I think we're all going to know soon enough. So if we go further, um, these, these homosexual activists from Soul Force, now I've already done a whole teaching on Soul Force, and just key in the word homosexual or part of the word, and you'll find it, how they visited Willow Creek and uh, T.D. Jake's church and Joe Osteen's and Rick Warren's, and they all had dialogue with them. I mean, we're not supposed to even bid them God's speed. We're not even supposed to let these people in our house where it talks about those that would pervert you know, the gospel and bring another gospel and these types of things. When you talk about bringing another type of gospel, you're letting rabid homosexuals into your church. Of course, those churches are so leavened that they're not a whole lot, you know, in God's eyes, probably a whole lot different than what they're letting in. As you can see, legalizing same-sex marriage has far greater implications than just joining two people in holy matrimony. The bottom line here is that the fact that these people want to make it illegal to say that their behavior is sinful. See, that's why they'd have to outlaw the Bible. Because the Bible is very, very clear. And so we're going to look at those verses. They are very skillful in using the media and the law to advance their agenda. Jackson says the education and religion are their next battleground. California and other states already have laws forcing favorable teaching of alternative lifestyles. An elementary school in Pennsylvania has been forced to explain in their third, to their third graders why a fellow boy student now comes in girls' clothing and is called by a girl's name. Third grader. A third grader showing up to your school, who's a boy, now comes to school... Um, in girls' clothing, and is called by a girl's name. Could you imagine that? That's what's going on in America. Now, I know a lot of other places. 
Unfortunately, even some Bible believers disagree with God that this is an alternative lifestyle and is an about I wouldn't call them Bible believers. He says, quote, Bible believers. They're not Bible believers. They're of their father, the devil, and of his works they will do. They have chosen to fear man than fear God in his word. Well, the Bible says the fear of man bringeth a snare. You fear man. You go, won't go around wringing your hands about what man's going to do to you. You're going to get caught in a snare. You need to fear God. The Bible says that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They loved their lives not unto the death. So that's the qualification for revelation living. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved their lives not unto the death. Therefore, it goes on to say, we need to widely broadcast the truth about the sordid consequences of the sodomite behavior. Chick Publications has two tracts, Doomtown and Sin City, that clearly show God's view of sodomy. If enough of these tracts get out, maybe the homosexual agenda can be blunted. Unless it is stopped, we could soon be facing jail time for simply stating God's word, or his, his opinion about this whole thing. And uh, I've done, if you key in homosexual or part of the word... I've probably done about five teachings, five or six, where I've talked about this. Um, I'm just about out of time on this particular session. Let's go. I'm going to go ahead and stop here, and we'll go to uh, part two next. May the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.